to Steam State of Mind, your favorite source for all things Steam education. Steam State of Mind. This isn't just science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. It's a state of mind, a different way to approach education in the classroom. Steam State of Mind. Enjoy these conversations with educators, students, and community members as we explore what it means to be in a Steam State of Mind. Steam State of Mind. <laughs> Hi, this is Carrie from Kettering. And this is Byrne. And we are here with the STEAM State of Mind. Great to have you all here with us. And Byrne, we are going to be talking about a hot topic in the world of education today, and that is collective teacher efficacy, CTE. So why don't we start with what exactly is CTE? <laughs> well, CTE is a hot topic right now because of um, the research and the studies from um, John Hattie. And John Hattie is a specialist and he's a guru on what are the, the most effective teaching strategies or teaching methods or um, attitudes, whatever, that um, impacts the students the most. And right now, his number one um, impact that he finds that we have on students' education is the collective teacher efficacy. And this is above all other influences. And basically, it is a teach, the collective teacher efficacy is teachers believing that they have an impact on their students and what they do. And so it's a true belief in themselves. And this is not easy. Right. <laughs> um, for any of us, for any of or us. Not. Yes. And so one of the things that um, with the, collective teacher efficacy is that it is not something that um, teachers are good at. Um, most teachers I know, they're always passing the compliment or they're always like, oh, it's not me, it's something else. And I think we talked about that earlier mm -hmm. in the podcast earlier. But, um, you know, they have to truly believe in what they're doing and that it has an impact. So that's basically what the collective teacher efficacy. It sounds simple, but it's very complicated. All right, let's take a little break from the podcast and let's really talk about the definition of collective teacher efficacy. So the description of the research says a collective teacher efficacy is the collective belief of the staff of the school faculty and their ability to positively affect students. CTE has been found to be strongly positively correlated with student achievement. A school staff that believes it can collectively accomplish great things is vital for the health of a school and if they believe they can make a positive difference, they can very likely will. And that is from um, John Hattie's um, Visible Learning Plus website. All right, back to the podcast. Let's start with some of the obstacles that that prevent teachers from kind of believing in themselves. What I mean, you're you're a teacher, and mm -hmm. I know you've hearkened back to your days in the classroom lots of times on these podcasts, and um, even from a from a personal and professional standpoint, what do you see as some of the those like blockades to to this uh, collective teacher efficacy and and what can we do about that? Well, you know, you know how we talk about STEAM, state of mind? Mm -hmm. 
And there is this state of mind in their culture, especially in the United States and in some other countries around the world where, you know, teaching is not exactly the greatest profession or the, the most noblest res- profession. Yes. Or respected profession in the community. I mean, nobody flats out says I don't respect teachers, but in the actions and in the way we conduct ourselves and the way, you know, society looks at education, it's right there. You can see, you know, that some teachers, yeah, they, they like their teachers, but do they respect it as a profession? And we're talking about culturally. And so there are, that is a big obstacle. And that is something that hopefully in society, we can change the mindset that, you know, this is incredible. Education is incredibly important enough for just um, the students to pass the test, but it's our future. And it's the mindset of, of, you know, continuous learning and lifelong learning. That is one big obstacle. The other big obstacle is that, um, I think that there's been a lot of, with the state testing and with other things, um, you know, if you get a low score on something, you know, no matter what or whatever, um, you know, you're considered a bad teacher or, you know, like, oh my God, you know, so it's hard for some teachers to take a risk. We got to, you know, we do just what we're told to do. But don't go outside the box and think outside the box because we can't you, afford to not be teaching to what that test is going to ask us. Right. To and we can't afford test. to take a risk that, you know, um, like, well, let's try this out. Because if you try it out and it fails and it shows that failure kind of shows up in the test scores or whatever, well, then, you know, <laughs> you get all kinds of, you know, evil looking eyes or whatever. But what do (laughs) we always say about failure? Oh yeah, exactly. It's a good thing. You know, we try again, but that's one thing we can't do in teaching or the mindset is. We we don't, teachers don't feel um, the freedom to, to sort of branch out and maybe be ultra creative um, if it, if it veers too far away from the way they're supposed to be doing things. Is that where we're getting at? Yes. And, And that's what I'm trying to do with the steam. You know, the STEAM state of mind is trying to get teachers to, it's okay. You know, we can veer over here, but it's still going to be, um, your testing score is going to be great. Right. Because what we're doing, we're not, we're not veering away from, from what you're teaching where we're kind of enhancing what you're teaching. Yes. Doing it kind of a different way than maybe you've always done it before. Right. Well, and the students are highly engaged. Right. You know. And that's and, what we, I bet you in John Hattie's list of things, strategies that impact, I bet student engagement is probably high up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, they also, you know, you have the big companies out there, um, curriculum, um, com, you know, like these um, textbooks and programs and all that stuff that um, they talk, they think that, you know, what they are, what they sell people is that if you do this, we've got, you know, this is the magic potion. This is the way it should be done, you know, and some of these things that are coming out now are so scripted mm-hmm. and, you know, it doesn't give, allow a teacher to use their professional skills or to know what their students need. And they feel like they have to follow this scripted program 
and read what it tells you to do. Don't veer off and make sure you do step one, two, and three or whatever. And the company, you know, promises the district when they purchases this material that if you do this within with um, fidelity, you know, your test scores are going to... Your results are going to be perfect and... Absolutely yeah. perfect. And you're going to... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then so then you have a teacher who has a script that they're supposed to read and they're not supposed to, you know, veer from because they're supposed to do it with fidelity. And that doesn't allow a teacher to feel like a professional or it doesn't allow a teacher to feel like they know what is best for their kids. Or that they're going to impact that child. That, that yeah, that what their professional ability and what they have learned and what they know and that it, it's something that um, impacts them in there, it puts doubt in them. Like, okay, I guess I don't know what I'm doing because I have to read the script. And we have a lot of scripted programs out there in the educational world right now. Well, and that's what I, I was going to ask. So, so what's the answer to this? Because, I mean, we do have textbooks and workbooks and software and things like that, that, that we depend on to help our kids learn to read, write, and do arithmetic and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, again, and, and, I always throw this out. It's not that that stuff is bad. It's not that, right. you know, that that the research isn't there that shows, you know, if you follow this with fidelity, you'll you'll have a good outcome. But what can we do to say it's okay to incorporate other things into that script? And how do we help, or what do we do as a as a district as a an educate as a you know field of education to to give teachers that freedom to incorporate other things and to be creative along with that script. So it's a really good question because I I believe before we can even get there we have to start um, we have to start building a trusting relationship. There has to be this level of trust that teachers feel that they're the administration and the parents and the community. And the educational world and the state of Ohio actually trust them to do their job. And that is something that I think is lacking, is that I think teachers feel like nobody really trusts them to know, you know, what they're doing. And so it's like a doctor. I trust my doctor to know what, you know, what, what tests you need, and, what, what. Yes. You what, know, what the blood work says right. and diagnostics and all of this stuff that they go through to try to help me. Well, you know, I believe or I feel like there's not a lot of trust in the educational world for the teacher to be able to diagnose and to do what's best for that kid. And so I think we have to build a trust factor first. That is essential because if you don't have that trust, you can't really go on mm -hmm. to a lot of other things. And so the next thing that I believe that building that, you know, that t collective teacher efficacy where a teacher can feel like they are empowered in a way um, that they are a professional is to listen. You know, I think teachers are told so much and we're told, do this, do that, do this, do that. And then the parents say, do this, do that. The community says, we need this, we need that. And the state of Ohio says, do this, this, this. Then the national government says this, this, this. And then the world <laughs> says, you know, the United States is failing and nobody's, you know, how much are we listening to our teachers and sitting down and saying, tell us, you know, 
what's going on and how can we build this trusting relationship and how what do you think we should be doing and so there's some really good professionals out there and there are some really good um, people out there who are listening but we need the people who are making these decisions of you know the state testing and the curriculum and all these stuff to really sit down and listen and i think that will help then the other part that I believe, truly believe, that um, is to give teachers permission to make mistakes. Give we, don't, teacher, we don't really do that very well, do we? No. <laughs> <laughs> give teachers permission to fail. And it's okay. And that we're learning. Now, no teacher, I don't know any teacher out there that wants to try something that they know it's like, oh, this is just for fun, and we're just going to see, and it's going to, you know, negatively impact their students. Okay, no teachers out there like that. But you know, we do have a lot of amazing teachers out there that want to try some things and want to be able to do things, and it might be a little bit different. But that's how we get creative. That's how we, you know, we we can come up with some absolute amazing things like we do with the STEAM education right now that mm -hmm. I collaborate with all these different teachers and we work together and we're coming up with these absolutely amazing things. And, you know, we need permission to do that and be okay. Okay, that didn't work out so well. It's okay. So, so how does STEAM education contribute to CTE? Okay. But where where does that come in? Because, you know, that's after all what you're here for. Right, right. Burn? <laughs> exactly. It's the STEAM so education. It is that, it's that STEAM state of mind. It's the culture. Um, and building that culture with the students in mind as far as, like, allowing them to have, be able to um, make mistakes, to be able to go through the engineering design process, to be able to explore and discover and problem solve and all of this stuff or whatever, I think it energizes the teacher just as much as it does the kids. Mm -hmm. And that the teacher isn't reading from a script. They're, grad they're problem solving with the kids and they're working with the kids to solve problems. You know, And I think that that is an absolute... Um, you know, that's an, that's a great way of building up a, you know, teacher efficacy that they know they're doing their job because their kids are engaged. They're asking great questions. They're being involved. Um, they want to learn. They want to. And you're right there with them. You're in the trenches with them and you're working with them to solve problems and to read and to write and to, you know, do all of these things that are all integrated within the STEAM education. And so I think it's that. You know, I was always motivated and really like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Well, my students always had those aha moments or when they would ask a higher level question or when they would be like really working hard and highly engaged and trying to figure something out and going home and, you know, coming back the next day and say, hey, you know, I learned this from blah, blah, blah and whatever. Those things were like like made me feel like, right. OK, I'm doing a great job. I'm doing something because these kids want to learn. And I think that's what STEAM education does. So, so not not to not to talk about STEAM education as something super noble, but would you say that STEAM education can, if teachers experience that in their classroom, just like you just described, that that could um, 
help teachers begin to believe in their ability to make a, a difference and to, to impact students in the classroom. Absolutely. And, and, you know, personally, you know, like 15, 20 years ago when I started this whole, you know, adventure, I will call it, <laughs> into the STEAM world, is that, you know, I was, yeah, I felt almost numb to teaching in a way because everything was so scripted and I had everything, you know, like having the kids regurgitate all this information to pass the test and I was bored and I didn't even feel like I was doing a good job. And that really frustrated me. And I don't think I had the confidence in myself as a teacher and doing what I thought was best for the kids. I was doing what the state wanted me to do as far as pass this test and with the district and the community and stuff like that. Tests are important. I'm not saying right. anything against that, but that isn't the end all of everything. Well, and what you did as a teacher, because I've watched you do it over the years, is is you looked at a different way of teaching what needed to be taught to the kids for the grade level that you were you were teaching at, and and you just so happened to discover the beauty and magic of STEAM education to do that with your kids, and you were still you know, doing all your core classes and things like that, but you were incorporating these really amazing, fun projects and things with the students that, as you said, keep them engaged and excited. And and what better way to learn than to do it by being engaged and excited? Exactly. And, and you want the kids to want to learn. And that's what, you know, I felt like um, going into the STEAM you know, mindset is that kids starting, kids wanted to learn. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't boring. It wasn't something there. Like, oh gosh, another, you know. And so I, ch I changed my mindset and I changed, but I, but I took a risk, you know, and thank goodness I had, you know, a principal that supported me and was like, okay, you know, go ahead. Cause I was trying to, I didn't even have the words for it. I had no idea what STEM was, you know, I just knew I wanted to do something different Then, as I explored it and worked with things. Right. I got into it, but that allowed me to develop more confidence in what I was doing because I was seeing the students successful. Um, I don't know if everybody trusted what I was doing at the time. <laughs> you know, some of the parents are like, oh, where's that spelling test? We have to have that spelling test. And it's like, no, we don't. You know, <laughs> that's just a memorization of words that the kids are going to forget next week, you know. Um, and so there were things that I changed that, you know, I had to have parent meetings to explain to them, mm -hmm. you know, what I was doing. But then that also empowered me to be able to you know, explain my professional point of view and what I thought was best for kids to the parents. Well, so you, you brought them along with you. You know, you yes. talked earlier in, in this podcast about, you know, whether our teacher or our, you know, our, our, our fellow teachers and our parents and our principals and our community trust us to be able to, right? you know, to effectively teach their children. Well, what you did is you brought them along and explained to them how this was going to work while it looks different, the end result's going to be the same. Your kids are going to learn a lot, and they're going to enjoy learning it. Right. Well, and I think what was the big part for the parents and jumping on board or whatever, it's like, okay, I, I see where you're coming from, is how excited their kids were. Like, right. I've had parents tell me that 
you know, they never had their kids tell them what they did at school before. You know, they get in the car and say, oh, what'd you do today? Nothing, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and parents, when they do STEAM education, when the parents ask, what'd you do at school today? Oh, we did. And we're trying to, hey, mom or dad, can you help us with? And that it got them engaged mm-hmm. and excited. And so they kind of changed their mindset like, oh, OK, you know, these kids want to learn, you know. Right. And and so all of that boosted my um my, uh, you know, belief in myself and, you know, like, okay, I'm on the right track. But the other part of all of this is that we need to have, I believe, to develop the STEAM mindset and increase collective teacher efficacy is we got to get teachers time to collaborate and support each other and build off of each other as professionals and that they can sit down together and be able to, you know, brainstorm and collaborate and build off of each other's expertise because I find that so powerful when I do that with teachers. And, you know, there's a teacher, a team that I'm working with, you know, really intensely this year. And, you know, I think they're like when I told them, I think it was like in December, I was like, you guys are amazing. Like, look at all of this stuff that you guys have developed collaboratively that we worked on together. This is absolutely, you know, great. First thing they say is like, oh, but burn you, you, you did this and you did that. And it's like, Believe oh, my in God, yourself. <laughs> you guys, yeah. you guys, I listened and I'm just putting the pieces together. Yeah. And you guys are the ones that came up with the pieces. And. They all smile sheepishly like, oh, thank you, you know, and it's like, no, believe in yourself. And so that's part of my coaching job is to try to get them to believe in themselves. Build that efficacy. Build that efficacy. We've got great people out there. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, and don't, you know, part of Kettering's portrait of a graduate is, is, um, lifelong learner. We want, we want kids to graduate from Fairmont and to be lifelong learners. And wouldn't you kind of say that, um... What you just described with the the collaboration and brainstorming, um, isn't that just it, in its simplest form lifelong learning? And yes. can't that help <laughs> help teachers begin to believe in their ability to make a difference when they talk together about how to make this work and how to do it, how to do it better, how to how to make it more interesting, more appealing, more engaging for students. So right. lifelong learning is is a part of building this collective teacher efficacy. Yeah, and so there was a. I, I just want to share this because this kind of goes with what we are saying. Um, um, there's a, you know, how you have all these blogs and all this stuff. So this person, her name is Helen Hoffman. She responded to um, a John Hattie article about um, collective teacher efficacy, and and she said, staying on the surface and focusing on the need for teachers to feel they can affect learning rather than for giving teachers the actual power. To affect learning, it's not so important that teachers feel they have collective efficacy. It's important to afford them efficacy, power to change things, and provide the opportunities to work collectively to do so. Isn't that amazing how, like, how power we need to empower teachers? We're going to take a break, a little pause for the podcast, and... Um, We're going to talk a little bit about John Hattie's research. And, 
he shares his research on with a professional development program called Visible Learning Plus, and it is for teachers, and it provides an in-depth review and change model for schools based on his research. With a seminar and support series, Visible Learning Plus team helps schools to find out about the impact they are having on student achievement. All right, back to the podcast. It blows my mind of how many great creative teachers we have Mm -hmm. out there listening to them and give them, let them feel that what they're doing is making a difference. And the decisions that they're making is a professional decision that is respected and people respond to it positively. And then, um, you know, let them move, let them feel like they are part of a solution, not that the solution is just being given to them Mm -hmm. and saying, you do this scripted text and this scripted whatever, and guess what? Your teachers, your students are going to be, you know, fantastic and stuff. Don't do what you think. Do what this company sold us. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so if, if, if a district can successfully do that, then they will build collective teacher efficacy amongst their staff and faculty. I hope. I, I think in Kettering, we are trying. I do too. Definitely. I really believe that. Like, there's, yeah. there's a long way to go. There's a lot of bridges that need to be crossed. Well, there's a lot of history. There's been, education's been around for a long time. Yep. Back in the one-room schoolhouse. (laughs) And everybody, you know, um, that's interesting that um, when when you look at the history of education and the things that um, go into all of that is that everybody, almost everybody, I should say, kind of reflects on what they think good teaching is based on what their what educational they, experiences mm-hmm. our ex, our educational ex world has changed so much oh my goodness that, since you and i were in school oh my god oh. yeah <laughs> what those practices are non-existent and they should be non-existent because they did the best that they could at that time but what we have available to us now you know but mm-hmm. te- but you know parents and you know when you want to say legislators they reflect back on their educational history right and they think that's what you should do. When I had to walk two miles through snow, yeah, up a uphill. hill, barefoot, all that good stuff they like to say. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. On that note, okay. Coach Byrne, we have a question from Chelsea. You ready for that? I am. All right. So looking at um, STEAM education in a public school setting, how does that impact students compared to, say, like a Montessori school or a STEM school, which we have both of here in, in our area? Yes. And so what, what is interesting is really um, what we're kind of talking about with teacher efficacy and the whole um, Montessori and the, I know the STEM school that is, um, you know, nearby us too. It's actually in Kettering. Um, they're great schools. Um, and what the one thing that's different is that they do give the teachers a lot more um, freedom not to go by scripted things, and it's much more of an exploration, that type of thing. Um, and so I think that that is a big, 
you know, state of mind, mind shift. Um, and, you know, we've had Montessori schools for a long time. And there is no, uh, like some people believe that, okay, we need to, a Montessori school is too unstructured, you know, or, you know, the public school is too structured. And so there is a happy balance and medium between all everything, you know, there is no, um, like magic potion that we talked about earlier, you know, that is where teacher efficacy comes in, where what they believe and what they are empowered in doing and stuff like that can really make that impact on those kids. And I truly believe in my visits to the STEM school and interacting with their staff and the, I haven't had much interaction with the Montessori school, but I know at the STEM school, they believe and they have confidence in what they're doing. And they have, you know, these collaborative meetings and they do all the, like they truly believe what they're doing. And that's why their students are performing so well too. But you know what? We are working and we're doing this in Kettering too. And so when you say um, the impact of STEAM education, I think is not just the impact of the students, but also the impact of for the teacher and the community and the culture of whole the whole school. And so I think that's where if there's a difference, I think it's they probably have a little more CTE, but we are we are developing that and we're working on that. And so I think that's probably the biggest difference. And you know, going way back to to one of our first couple of podcasts just talking about our district seeing the value of having a you, a STEAM coach, somebody who can go out and work with and collaborate with teachers yes. and and bring a creative, different way of teaching into the classroom. So I'd say we're we're on the road. We are. And and we let me tell you, there are some districts out there that they could double my salary and I wouldn't go there because of their very, you know, um, and not just, I'm not talking about in the Dayton region or anything. I'm talking about these, you read these articles and you listen to teachers across the country in some of the um, meetings that I have and stuff. You know, they are very limited mm -hmm. in their choice in what they can do in their classroom. Right. And, you know, they they are not allowed, you know, they're being monitored. Mm -hmm. And thank God Kettering doesn't do anything like that. Right. <laughs> That we have a lot more trust in our teachers. I, yes. I was going to say we have a lot of trust in the, yes. the amazing teachers we have in the Kettering. That's for sure. So, okay, good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Carrie. Thanks, Burn. It's All always right. great chatting with you. And hopefully, warmer weather is coming. Well, I think we have a couple days of cold weather before the yeah. warm weather returns. <laughs> I'm ready for spring. <laughs> Myself as well. All right. All right. Thank you. Take care.